Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged, pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Turning your Bible t Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Mertz, is good again to see you here. I know your health is not well, but you're in the best place possible. <laughs> and you're still doing the work, so thank the Lord. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child. And will give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. Turn to Micah. Micah is right over there next to Jonah. Micah chapter 5. Verse 2. Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of, from of old, from ancient times. 
Turn to Matthew. I have y'all all over the place this morning, huh? <laughs> Old Testament, New Testament. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 24, right there in the same chapter. In 25. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. The title of this message is The Birth of Jesus. The Birth of Jesus. When we were reading in Luke chapter 2, it says that in those days, Caesar Augustus. Now, Caesar Augustus was the great grand nephew of Julius Caesar. He was a relative of Julius Caesar. Augustus was, that's not his name, but it was his title. The Roman Senate conferred upon this man the name, or the title rather, of Augustus. We get our month, August, from his name. Julius Caesar, we get our month July from the name that was Julius Caesar. Julius, we get our month July from. Did y'all know that? The name Augustus means exalted one. Now, the problem with this is that the Senate conferred upon this man a title that was only appropriate for God Almighty. And this man accepted it. He was an arrogant man, an egotistical man. It was all about me, himself. This man ruled for 45 years as the emperor of Rome. When the, world, when, when the Bible talks about the world as we know it, we think of the world as the world worldwide, the global world or the entire world, which is all of the countries. But when it spoke of the world back in the time of, of the Roman um, rule, it was all of the territory that Rome had conquered, included Syria and other areas. And it was called it, even though the name Palestine, for some is in question, it was called even Palestine. And, and he ruled that area. Now, Get this carefully. Caesar Augustus, as the emperor, was a man who did not care about God. But God said that the Christ, back in Isaiah and Micah, that Christ had to be born in Bethlehem. It had been prophesied over 700 years before. 
And the Lord will move heaven and earth to accomplish his will. When the Lord came and, and, and came to Joseph or the angel, he was a man that was told what he needed to do. And you never find Joseph questioning what God told him. Now, I don't have time to go through all everything today, but let me just continue to bring out some points that I want you to consider. When you think of Bethlehem, Bethlehem was a very small, insignificant place. We're even talking about this on Wednesday. In a sense of it was not a big place. Bethlehem is just like a place where we compare to like a Marin City, kind of an obscure place. You, you type Marin City into the Google or the U.S. Postal Service website, Sausalito pop up. Marin City, sometimes you have a problem even finding it on the map. Bethlehem was this obscure place in Judea in the sense that it was not seen as really important. But, but back in Micah, he says, even you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, out of you will come the Christ. In history, there has been no prophecy of any king or kingdom that has been accurate, that has been able to predict the birth of anybody great. Only God could do that. Get the timing just right, the location just right. Now, a person might say, in the year of such and such, some great event may take place, and they'd be guessing, but they might get a date, but out of just guessing. But to get the location 700 years prior to the event taking place, God will move heaven and earth to accomplish his will. When you look at Caesar, the Lord put it upon this man's heart or moved him that a census, and in some Bibles says a taxing. Actually, it is a registering that would allow taxes to be collected later. Everybody that was born in a certain place had to go back to their places of origin to register. It was not Caesar Augustus, Augustus' own idea to have the people return home. God already said it back in Micah that the Christ child had to be born. Now, when you look at Matthew and you look at Luke, are the two uh, uh, books of the Bible, are the two books in the, in the Gospels that talks about and discusses the birth of Christ. And when you look at this, it is fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies that was made. Let me say this. Between Malachi and Matthew, a period of over 400 years, there was no word from God. As God had been speaking throughout the Old Testament, giving his word to prophets and the prophets leading the people. And when the kings came on the scene and those kings that would not follow God, God would send prophets to them. But between Malachi and Matthew, there's no word for over 400 years. Now, it does not mean there was an activity because God was moving, but there was no word. 
Can you imagine having hear, hearing the word of God back in that time in the Old Testament and all of a sudden, silence. There's as if there's a great building up of this child that's about to be born. And God is just gearing up. 400 years, no word. And then all of a sudden, angels, God didn't call the prophets. He sent the heavenly host themselves to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. Do you see the care that God took that he dispensed? No, I'm sending my angels to proclaim that my son is going to be born. So we have Caesar Augustus, where the Lord moved and says, time to get the people. He didn't know what he was doing, but it was God behind the scenes moving. And so his mass registration has to take place. Hmm. Joseph being from the lineage and line of David, Judah was not a part necessarily was not a part of the priesthood, but God is doing something new. And I not go, can't go through that right now. It's just so rich through here. But the Lord said, Joseph and Mary, you guys need to go. The king gave the, the Caesar Augustus gave the decree. And in obedience, they went on their way. Now, now let's just briefly take a look at the travel. Mary now is pregnant. Now Joseph sees this lady and realizes she's pregnant, and he's thinking, oh my goodness. I can't marry her. I got to figure something out, because when you are engaged or a spouse to be married, there was a written contract, and it was, as, it was like a divorce. He says, how did this happen? And he thought about how can I do this privately so that I, can, I won't make a public spectacle of Mary. Joseph was a good man. And he's thinking, how can I protect her? The Bible says that while he was thinking about what to do, what, what to do in this matter, the angel says, Joseph, what has happened to Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, something that I hadn't noticed before seeing it, when I read that, I did not really put it together until last night when I was just reading it. Oh. And I'll get to that in a minute. Don't say it yet. Get to that in a minute. All right. So as they prepare to go to Bethlehem, Mary is due. Now get this, keep in mind God's timing. It's bad enough to travel in your eighth month. And to be in a car with air conditioning. But to have no car, to have no bark, to have no commuter van that can hit the commute lane, to only have whisper. 
the donkey, <laughs> as your mode of transportation. And to realize that Bethlehem is about 75 miles away. And you are due soon. And the command comes and says, you got to go to Bethlehem. Now, now, how many of y'all know what it means, what it's like to just be tired? Just tired. <laughs> tired, just just tired, tired. I'm tired. I'm just tired. Not tired. Tired. <laughs> Mary had to be tired. But they obeyed God and set out for Bethlehem. Now, God gave me something last night I'm going to share with you. This is my own imagination. As they are going to Bethlehem, 70 approximately 75 miles away. And Bethlehem is, is about 2,300 feet elevation from where they were. And most of it is uphill and rocky. She's pregnant and has to travel on this donkey through rocky, a rocky place. Going through this difficult time and then he has to go extra slow because Mary's pregnant. Can't go fast. And I'm thinking, I said, wow. As people are moving through, going to their places to register, people are passing them all along, passing them on by, going past them and looking at them. And they're having to maybe stop several times because Mary needs to rest. And Joseph doesn't complain. Ain't like me. Come on, honey, we got to go. What you doing? It's been five minutes already. <laughs> five and a half set minutes, it's still, come on, we got to go. <laughs> but Joseph was patient as they made this journey. Listen, men. Listen, patience, patience. And so Joseph stopped several times, more than likely, as people are traveling past him on their way to Bethlehem because the king of glory had a, had a divine appointment in Bethlehem of Judea. God's word will be accomplished. But he didn't tell you it would be easy. That there wouldn't be difficulties. He didn't tell you that it would be all smooth sailing. Even for his son. There were challenges in getting to Bethlehem. But God was in control. And he's the one that gave the order. Being obedient to God means that the Lord will see you through to your destination. Then they get to Bethlehem. Get this. And this is what the Lord just, in my own imagination, as all those people were passing them, many of them were going to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was crowded, full. Millions of people had to move to different places as this order came. Go register. 
Bethlehem was packed. And many of those people that passed him along the way more than likely took up the spaces when it says there was no room in the inn. When they get to the location, some of us think, oh, the inn, the hotel where there's an inn. No, that's not what it means. The inn that more than likely they have in view is an inn to where the travelers just found first come, first serve. Whoever gets to the place first is where they sleep. Out in the open, and maybe they had a, 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 a place where you can get some water. There was no food. You brought your own. And maybe a wall, but it was not an innkeeper. It was not a person there that says, okay, yes, we're full. There's no vacancies. No. When Joseph goes and can't find a place, where can we go? They go to the stable. And in the stable is where they find themselves because there was no room, the Bible says, in the end. Get this. God is orchestrating all of this. The king of glory that should you think about could have been born in royalty. Can't even find a place for him to be. Crowded out. No vacancy. We think about our hearts. What crowds God out of our hearts? No vacancy for God? Why? What is the world? What is the church? Those that don't know God, why? And so they go to the stable where the animals for the travelers would go and put their animals because they needed a place to be. So the animals would be put in the stable, but that's where they got to go. You see these pictures and this wonderful glowing little light. Wonderful, clean hay. It's a stable. Don't smell good in there. They got hay, okay, but you better be careful where you lay down. That's where they are. Then there is the discussion of the manger. A manger is a feeding trough. It is the food that the animals eat out of. It ain't a little bassinet. No little crib, no little nice little thing. It is a feeding trough for animals. And it is believed that it was actually from limestone built into the the stable itself that protruded out where the animals could just eat from there. And that's where Jesus may have been placed or in one of those, in one of those mangers there. Now, Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. And this is the accommodations that's there. Now, there's no midwife. Time comes for the baby to be delivered. Now Joseph has to be the one to deliver the baby. He has to give assistance to his wife. Oh, look at what God will do. You see, when the Lord gives you directions, even though it may be difficult, he will work 
out all the details. The God that we serve is great. Jesus, the King of glory, born in a stinky stable. Placed in a feeding trough. Where slobber from the animals would be. When sanitized. And we don't seem to understand that the world, think about it, there was still joy and rejoicing. The angels came now, 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 you're following me. You're getting a picture of this. Then the angels. They don't go to the high priest. They don't go to the temple. They don't go to the high and mighty. They go to shepherds. Oftentimes in Egypt, they were just a despised group. You could, the shepherd? Mm. And people got this idea that shepherds were weak. No. Think about this. Shepherds had to be brave. They had to be a people that were not feared of wild animals because if some animal came and got their sheep, they had to go after it. Remember what David did? David killed a bear and a lion. Coming to Coming for sheep. Now, the sheep that are near Bethlehem, it is believed that these sheep, because it required sacrifices at the temple, that these shepherds are out caring for the sheep that would be used in the temple sacrifices. Isn't it interesting that the Lord dispatched his angels <laughs> to the very shepherds? And when we think of Christ, the shepherd of our soul, he, 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 we think about when we even look at the Old Testament, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. yes. oh, yes. I shall not want. Mm -hmm. We think about this. We, we don't sometimes come to realize that the shepherds were despised by many, but they had to be a brave group. And so when we think of the shepherds, this is who the angels come to. Symbolic, I believe, of even the Old Testament when you think about the fact. That Christ will be seen as our great shepherd. And then they're coming to the shepherds who are taking care of the sheep that will be used as the sacrifices at the temple. You think about Christ as known as the Lamb of God. And the angel gives them a message. But, bef but before he could give them, he had to tell them, don't fear, don't fear, fear not. And I told y'all before this, I told you before, come talking about your little angel. I'm taking my little angel with me. <laughs> my guardian angel. <laughs> Angels are ministering spirits and they are terrifying. The Bible says that they were terrified. Look at the Bible. Look through. Just do a search on angels. And you oftentimes find when they come on the scene, people are fearing. People are scared and have to be told to fear not when they're obeying God. And anytime the Lord says fear not, you can take comfort in those words because it means that you are in line with what God wants you to do and the message that he has for you. But when the, the Bible doesn't give you the, the, uh, the, the words, fear not, hmm, be careful. 
of the message that comes after that. But, but when, the, when there's a word from God to be given, oftentimes the statement comes, fear not. You don't hear that when the angels come for Balaam. When Balaam had come for the donkey, it doesn't say, fear not, Balaam. Didn't say that. But for the people of God, where God has a word of comfort, fear not. And then he gives them the message that the fulfillment of the Old Testament passage of Micah 5.2 and Isaiah 7.14 has now been fulfilled. People were looking forward to the, to the what? The, the Messiah coming. People knew that the Messiah was going to be coming. And there was anticipation. And the Lord went to shepherds to break this news. Broke 400 years of silence when the birth of Christ has taken place. And tells them. They leave those sheep. And go search for Beth. Now, now here's, I'm just thinking, wow. When the word came to the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. He told them where, what to look for. You see, there are some people that are searching for truth, but they're looking in all the wrong places because they haven't heard God's voice. They're trying to get God's word from the horoscope. What, what, what does a new paper say today? What's my word? What, let, me see. What do, let me see if I can get a word. What does it say today? Do y'all not know that that's occult practices? Do you not know that trying to get your horoscope reading was condemned in the Old Testament? It is against the word of God. When God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, you don't consult some, something Amen. for information about your life such as that. Oh, oh my day's going to be bad. It says to watch out today because you might be in a bad accident. And we then sometimes take what it says because there seems to be some truth of something that may happen as, oh, that's what I'm talking about. See, it was true. Therefore, it must be right. Satan know how to lie and seem, make it seem like the truth. Well, he always lie. He was born a lie. But they got their word from the Lord and, and, and the angels, and he says, go. So when they went to Bethlehem, because of the instructions, they knew that, wait a minute, manger? Hmm, stable. They knew where to go look. If you are searching for truth and you don't come to the Savior, you will always get the wrong answer. If you're not listening to a person that is hearing the word of God and in the word of God, they'll tell you a lot of stuff. And it might sound good, but if it is not from the throne of the word of God, be careful. It will lead you astray. When the shepherds went there, the Bible says they found the baby Jesus along with Mary and Joseph as the angels had said. But before they went, the Bible says that when the angels had come, there were seeming, they didn't give a number, but all of a sudden there were the hillside covered with angels, as I believe, that were saying glory to God in the highest, which out of that comes the song Gloria. 
And so they go and they tell him all the things that have taken place. <laughs> and the people are thinking, oh, could this be the one? Could, is, this the, is this, oh my goodness, the one that we've been waiting for? Something I hadn't seen before, but the Lord, it is, when the shepherds did what they needed to do, do you know what the Bible says? They returned, rejoice, returned what? Returned right back to their work. That blew me away. They went right back to take care of those sheep. There's some people that say, mm -mm, I'm saved and I'm going to just sit right here and wait till the Lord comes. Ah. <laughs> I'm waiting for my change. The Bible says go back to work. <laughs> and those shepherds went back, but as they went, there was a rejoicing in their hearts. People, God is awesome. Came to shepherds. They were the ones that took the good news about the Savior, Jesus Christ. The Christ child, the Savior that was born in Bethlehem. Prophesied about. He's the Savior of the world. Born. And then on the eighth day, it is from the word of God, that circumcision was given to Abraham. And it was a covenant that God made with his people. On the eighth day, the child was to be circumcised. And on the eighth day is when the child was named. And it was the name that the angel gave Joseph, Mary, before she was even pregnant. This, this is the name. This is the name he used to have. Now, something that didn't, I didn't really recognize before, that when Joseph, it says, and Joseph took Mary, his wife, now, they were a spouse to be married. They weren't married before, but by the time the baby came, they were married. I never thought about that before. Maybe some of you have. I hadn't really thought about it. They were a spouse. When did they get? The angel says, when the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary, before the child was born, they were married. He had a father, mother, an earthly mother. But you know something? That when they went to the temple, the Bible says on the eighth day, they named him Jesus. Why did God choose circumcision on the eighth day? Why not the fourth day? Why not the fifth? It has still been proven scientifically, and which is still today, that the eighth day is that blood clotting is at its highest peak. Also, the fighting of diseases is at its highest peak on the eighth day. <laughs> and it is still practicing medicine today that basically that is at its peak. I mean, did you not, I was thinking, wow, and I've mentioned this before, but did you know that? That blood clotting is at its highest peak on the eighth day. And the Lord gave way back then on the eighth day, and there was a reason for it because that's when all of the agents, the healing agents, are also at its highest peak on the eighth day, and that's when he was circumcised. As we bring this to a conclusion, people, the Savior Jesus Christ, God took care of hundreds of years of preparing for this wonderful day. I don't care how many atheists, how many people try to stamp out Christ, Amen. try to stamp out the name, God ordained it, and as much as they might try, 
It is still the only holiday where there's joy and gift giving. There, even though some people may be there's sorrow, there is a it, it brings people to the peak of rejoicing because of the child, Jesus Christ. Christmas. Shops closed down. Even some stores that say open 24 hours a day, except on Christmas. Open Thanksgiving. But Christmas, we're clothing for Christmas. Today, it's the Savior that we honor and recognize that God spoke about and gave prophecies about that this child the Savior of the world, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, our Lord, Emmanuel, God, his connection with the Father, Christ the Messiah, born in Bethlehem. Obscure, unimportant. That place has now received great honor and recognition because of who? The birth of Jesus Christ. It is Christ. No other name given unto heaven by which we must be saved but Jesus Christ. Don't let anyone ever tell you or have you think it's about anyone or anything else but Christ. It's fine to give gifts and presents. But as Jackie said, we know it's about the Savior that was born. Not about what you don't get, but about the praises you give to him. <coughs> Brother King, get a question. Uh, before Jesus was named Jesus, were there other names? Jesus was a common name back at that time. But do you not know that after Jesus was born, that name was no longer given to other children? Generally, it was then set aside only for him. You didn't see other people named Jesus after Christ. That's not Jesus. I mean, it's Jesus, I mean, in that sense, but Jesus, that's, that's Spanish. But Jesus. Names meant something very important. I'm going to take a couple of questions and we're going to end. Yes, Mary. I don't have time to go into that deeply right now, but let me just say this. It was well known that Christ was to be born in Bethlehem. Even the women were hoping to be the one to carry the Christ child. But when you consider, and there's passages regarding that, you will look at the, when, when Mary went to go see Elizabeth <coughs> portion that you, you'll see there and where the baby, when they greeted, leaped in her womb and you know, she called her blessed, the Lord. Why, how am I so blessed that you would come and see me who's carrying the, the Lord's anointed? And, and there's some other scriptures, but it even deals more so after Christ is born. The fact that they were in bondage and they were hoping for freedom, political freedom. We want this to be, and they missed the reason for his coming. There's still people looking for a savior. And part of the conflict for them is that 
He did not free them from their Roman oppression and rule that they were hoping that the king of glory would do. And that's just a snapshot now, but I want to kind of go much further. Other questions before we end? Any other questions? Is it clear that Christ came to die? Your, your sins cannot be forgiven if Christ did not die. He came here, the wonderful birth, but he came here for a purpose. He had a reason. This, this coming Christmas, I'm going to encourage you, before you sit down to eat your turkey, if you're having turkey, dressing, if you're having dressing, ham, whatever you might be having, read the Christmas story with your family. Read Luke. Read Luke chapter 2. Read, read, read Luke. Before you have dinner, plan it. Keep it on the warmer, whatever you need to do. Food getting cold. Let it get cold. You can heat it back up. Got microwaves. <laughs> read the Christmas story this year. And I want you to read it with a different understanding from what we've discussed today. That the reason that you come together because of the birth of Jesus Christ. That God ordained from all eternity past. Stand to your feet. This Christmas, as you celebrate Christmas, don't think about the family fights that you've had in the past. <laughs> oh, we've got to deal with this relative, but focus on the Christ child that was born. This Christmas, may this Christmas never be the same and looked at the same again. As you look at the wonderful Savior born into the world. God bless as we leave this place today. May the Savior, our Lord, our Christ, our King, the hope of glory, our eternal, eternal salvation, the Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you today. May our hope reside and abide in the one who came through 42 generations. Born in a manger. The Savior, may his name be forever praised. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Have a great Christmas, and may the Lord bless you.